Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What is going on, guys? It's Down to Football back with another episode. My oh my, has it been a long offseason, but we are back for our fourth season. This is Down to Football. Glad to have you back for those who are joining and listening once again. It is a brand new season. Got kicked off this past weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't bring an episode prior to the season, but we'll be recapping this week and jumping into other things. So I hope you guys enjoy. So let's get right into it. First off, we're going to just jump into the recap of some of the games that happened. I picked out three games that I found to be the most interesting. First of all, we have the Bucks cowboys game. It was our season opener Thursday night football, and it was a shootout. 60 points total between the two teams, but the Bucks come out on top with a 31-29 victory over the Cowboys. We have Tom Brady on the Bucks side going 32 for 50 with 379 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. Outside of the interceptions, he looked spry for for an old man. He is just incredible what he's doing at his you know respective age. Very crazy to see. The team as a whole only rushed for 52 yards on 14 carries, so not much on the ground game. Antonio Brown, kind of a name lost over the past few years, signed with the Bucks last year, and he is back with them again this year. He kicks off the season with five catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, nine catches for 105 yards and also a touchdown. Mike Evans was relatively non-existent in this game as he was being shadowed by Trevon Diggs pretty much the whole entire game. Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady reconnecting uh, for eight catches, 90, 90 yards and two touchdowns, and they had their 100th touchdown together, I believe, or s- something like that. Uh, so congratulations to them. The defense, which was phenomenal last year against the Cowboys, uh, very, very lethal offense, had one interception, one sack, no fumble recoveries. And then we have the Cowboys side. Dak Prescott coming off a shoulder injury and obviously his gruesome ankle injury that he sustained last year, but he looked like he hasn't missed a beat. 42 of 58 passing 403 yards three touchdowns and only one pick very very solid season opener from him like i said especially coming off a pretty gruesome injury so good for him uh they again run game was kind of a non-factor in this entire matchup they only uh the cowboys had 60 yards on 18 carries so nothing crazy mari cooper he racked up 13 catches for 139 and two 139 yards and two touchdowns Crazy game from him. I'm sure those who have him in fantasy absolutely love that. And same goes for CeeDee Lamb. Not as crazy, but still absolutely efficient. Seven catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. The defense, which was pretty awful last year, they totaled two interceptions and two fumble recoveries, but I didn't notice that they had any sacks. Uh, the Bucks' offensive line is actually very, very good, as many people know. Um, but they did, get, they did force four turnovers uh, by the end of the game. But again, the Bucks win the season opener, 31-29. to Then, we got a game of two very interesting teams. Kind of, just, like I said, just very interesting. Uh, the Bengals-Vikings, this was an overtime game. The Bengals come out on top, 27-24. to 
Joe Burrow, we all know what happened to him last year, torn ACL. Wanted to see what he could do coming back this year. He has a solid, a very, very solid outing. 20 for 27 in the air, 261 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Very solid. Joe Mixon on the ground, 29 carries for 127 yards, one touchdown. He also had four catches for 23 yards. Very solid fantasy day for him and a good way to start off the year. I believe he had the most rushing yards in week one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Jamar Chase, uh, quite a story during the preseason, had a case of the drops. Claimed that the ball was much more difficult to track and catch due to the white strip not being there like it is in college football. Uh, so very interesting. But he looked fine in the season opener with five catches, 101 yards, and one touchdown. He had a long touchdown, uh, very reminiscent of a play him and Burrow had back in college. Uh, so I saw a lot of edits on the NFL Instagram pages, and it was pretty cool to see. T. Higgins, back where he left off after a solid rookie campaign, four catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Now, the Bengals uh, do come away with a win. Uh, now, the big issue with the Bengals was offensive line. How is that going to work? Uh, you know, they all they drafted Jamar Chase instead of Penai Sewell. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that throughout the season. Hopefully they can protect Joe Burrow. Don't want another uh, injury happening to him. But the defense had three sacks and one fumble recovery. Now, on the flip side for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins actually had a very solid game, 36 of 49, 351 yards and two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, not very efficient, but did get a score. 20 carries for just 61 yards and the one touchdown. But he did it in the passing game as well with six catches for 43 yards. Adam Thielen uh, had a great, great game. Nine catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, quiet, quiet in the end zone, but did have five catches for 71 yards. Not too shabby. The defense, no turnovers, but did total five sacks. And like I said, Bengals come away with a win, overtime win. It was a pretty uh, intense game all the way through, and Bengals come out on top. And what has been said to be the game of the week so far uh, actually occurred on Monday Night Football, an overtime winner for the Raiders versus Ravens. The Raiders come out on top 33-27, to uh, which is probably an upset in the end, but uh, I'll discuss Lamar Jackson in a second. Uh, Derek Carr, he had a pretty solid game, 34 for 56, 435 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Josh Jacobs, not very efficient on the ground. We didn't have many efficient runners uh, for the first week of football, but I'm sure that is subject to change. Josh Jacobs, 10 carries for 34 yards and two touchdowns. The two scores were big for them. Darren Waller, picking up right where he left off, is Derek Carr's favorite target. 10 catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Zay Jones was not one of the leading receivers. He was actually pretty far down the list because, uh, well, you know, Derek Carr had 435 passing yards. But he had two catches on 46 yards, but he did score the game-winning touchdown in overtime, which caught me by surprise because there was multiple uh, drives in overtime. And after the first, you know, after the first two drives, if no one scores, uh, it's just first two score um, rather than uh, having to score a touchdown, you kick a field goal, win the game. And they get pretty pretty far down the field, and they end up throwing a game-winning touchdown. Zay Jones is there to receive it. Kind of interesting to see. Now, on the flip side, we got Lamar Jackson, 19 of 30 for 235 yards and a touchdown. He did add 12 carries for 86 yards, but the problem with Lamar Jackson, man, is that there's no reason that they shouldn't have won this game. He choked the game away with a fumble. 
uh, in overtime, as we all saw. He, I'm pretty sure he, he lost two fumbles. I could be wrong. But uh, very, very crucial turnovers. Uh, Passing-wise, he looked pretty awful. Um, that, that has always been a concern uh, since his MVP season. His MVP season, that offense looked designed to give Lamar Jackson as much separation he's, as he needed with his receivers and his tight ends. Uh, but man, he he's, hasn't looked very good since. But continuing, Tyson Williams, their running back, had nine carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. Latavius Murray, who was just recently picked up by them, 10 carries for 28 yards and a touchdown. Uh, J.K. Dobbins went down with a torn ACL. Gus Edwards also followed up with, I believe, a torn ACL or a torn Achilles. I don't remember which. But the Ravens running back situation uh, was pretty pretty bad to start the uh, after preseason, at least, uh, with all the injuries. And also, we can mention Marcus Peters on the defensive side. He also sustained a season-ending injury. Uh, the crazy part is I believe the Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters injuries happened back-to-back in, during plays uh, in the preseason, uh, during practice. So kind of crazy to see. But continuing with the statistics, Sammy Watkins leads the Ravens in yards with four catches for 96 yards and no scores. But Marquise Brown, he's kind of been a question mark since he's been drafted. Hasn't really, really been able to break out. But he did have six catches for 69 yards and a touchdown to open the season. The defense totaled three sacks and one interception. That is it for the game recap. I will be giving you some weekly top performers. Uh, this will be an every week thing, obviously stated in the title. First of all, we got, so I have two QBs, two wide receivers, one running back. Now, obviously, people like Derek Carr, who threw for 435 yards. Two quarterbacks in the Bucks cowboys game, Mark Cooper, Joe Mixon. Obviously, they were already mentioned, so I'm not going to repeat them. So my weekly top performance for this week were one, Kyler Murray, quarterback, 21 of 32 for 389 yards, four touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but he also added five rushes for 20 yards and a touchdown in a blowout win against the Titans. Great start to their season, great start to his season. Uh, I'll be talking about him a little more in depth shortly. And then we also have quarterback Jameis Winston. Now, I want to talk about this for a second, not just because I'm a Saints fan, but because it was very up in the air what he's going to do uh, with the Saints. Obviously, with Drew Brees retiring this past offseason, uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill were going to battle it out in the preseason. And as a Saints fan, I was very, very excited that for Jameis Winston to be the starter once he was announced. If it had been Taysom Hill, I may not have watched any Saints football uh, for the rest of the season. Listen, Taysom Hill is very good at what he does outside of playing quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, special teams, running back, anything. He's valuable in that sense. But when you put him as the starting quarterback, he just can't he, he can't throw. He's not accurate. His decision-making is kind of wild. It's, it's just not good. And like I said, he's way more valuable in other aspects of the game. Um, but Jameis Winston, a season opener against the the Packers was supposed to be a home game, but obviously with Hurricane Ida, New Orleans was slammed pretty good. Uh, a lot of people without power, a lot of people, you know, without shelter and so on. Um, so, you know, I hope everything is going well down there for the sake of, you know, everyone's livelihood. Obviously, it's it's more important than football. But due to the hurricane, the Saints were forced to move games to a different stadium. Uh, Jacksonville ended up being the desired location. 
So not only were the Saints displaced for their first game, but their game comes against the Packers. The Packers had a great season last year, made it to the NFC Championship. Unfortunately, a loss to the Buccaneers. Uh, the Buccaneers are going on to win the Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, and, and Aaron Rodgers won MVP last year. Devontae Adams was probably the best receiver in the league last year. That's up for debate between him and Tyreek, obviously. But it was a crazy game. Uh, was not expecting the outcome that that was the score of the game. 38-3 to was totally blew me away. I was full-on expecting a blowout in favor of the Packers. Uh, you know, we were dealing with some injuries, a lot of question marks on defense. Our, our wide receiver one as of right now is Marquez Callaway. Uh, so just a lot of crazy things happen. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, only threw five picks last season. The Saints were able to pick him off twice this game. Paulson Adebo, rookie third-round pick, uh, who was not – I don't. I'm not sure if he was starting, but I'm pretty sure he was rotating in and out. Uh, but he performed very, very well. Um, we also had – who else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Marcus Williams was the other guy who caught the uh, interception. It was just an overthrown ball by – by Aaron Rodgers, and one of Marcus Williams' biggest things is he's always been able to track a ball down, uh, but truly a crazy game. I, I wanted to talk about it uh, for the recaps, but I figured the other games were a little more interesting because this was simply a blowout. Jameis Winston went 14 for 20 with 148 yards and five touchdowns. He, his pocket presence was felt. His awareness awareness was very, very high the whole entire game. Um he was making very, very good decisions, and that's good to see. Back when he was on the Bucks, he was more he was he was on an offense that was kind of uh, you know risk it for the biscuit kind of deal, and uh, a lot of his deep balls got picked. Obviously, we know his interesting season of thirty three touchdowns and thirty interceptions. Absolutely wild that that even happened, but you know he takes a year behind Breeze. Uh, he's learning. He goes into Sean Payton's system that limits turnovers. And he does well in his season debut against a very, very tough test as well. So, uh, you know, as a Saints fan, that's nice to say. But I know a lot of people outside of New Orleans are rooting for him because, uh, you know, he, he he's unintentionally funny. Uh, you'll see a lot of clips on Instagram pages and Twitter and stuff like that of him doing interviews or just really funny things. And sometimes the things he says just... Just come off really funny, uh, but people want to see see him succeed, and you know he started off the season great with this performance, so that's why I have him as a weekly performer. Uh, also because of the five touchdowns, which is crazy. Uh, one to Kamara, one to Chris Hogan, two to Jawan Johnson, and I can't think of the f fifth person right now, but hopefully that will come back to me. Our next weekly performer is a wide receiver. I do have another wide receiver after this guy, and then a running back. But the first wide receiver is Tyree Kill. I mean, what can you, what can you say about the guy? I don't know if anyone saw the Patrick Mahomes interview after the game, uh, talking about the meme where it's like, F it, Tyreek's down there somewhere. And that's, I guess that's kind of how this offense is, and it works very, very well. Tyree Kill absolutely exploded in this game uh, with a wild match against Cleveland that kind of came down to the end. He had 11 catches for 197 yards and a touchdown. He's starting off the season in one game with 197 yards. That is absolutely wild. Uh, I want to keep an eye on him uh, for the yards record, considering we have a 17-game season. I do believe that there should be separate 
separate, uh, how do I say it, accolades, I guess you could say, or separate statistics for the 17-game season and the 16-game seasons because obviously, like, for for someone like Michael Thomas who had, you know, broke the, the catch record a couple years ago, that could very well get broken now that there's 17 games. But it should be acknowledged that this is a 17-game season and that's what it is moving forward. And back when that record was broken, it was a 16-game record. So I do think they should be diversified a little bit and both recognized. Uh, I don't believe that the record should technically be broken, but it should be its own record per se. Some will agree, some won't. It is what it is. But we continue. Debo Samuel, the other wide receiver, blew my mind that he exploded in this fashion. Uh, he did have a tasty matchup with the Lions. Weak secondary. Jeff Okuda is out for the season, I believe, with a torn Achilles. So I uh, hope his comeback goes well. It's a big loss for the Lions. I don't think the Lions really have much going for them anyway. But Debo Samuel drops nine catches for 189 yards and a touchdown on the Lions. Was not expecting that. Now, why he might... What, the thing that blows my mind in this situation is that Brandon Ayuk had a very, very solid rookie campaign last year. And I had high expectations for him, and he very well could could reach those expectations. But a uh, big question mark surrounding his week one appearance. Obviously, in the preseason, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. That sets him back quite a bit. And then on top of that, I get a report after the game that uh, the beat, someone who was doing, uh, covering the San Francisco 49ers beat says that he is still learning to be a professional. They didn't talk about in which regards, whether it means handling the injury, handling how to play football, still learning rounds. I'm not sure. It was very, very vague. But definitely concerning for those who drafted him. His average draft position was between the fifth and sixth round, and he was drafted in that area for most leagues, depending on the league. Obviously, a PPR standard. Uh, bonus leagues, etc. But uh, kind of shocking, kind of shocking. But that allowed Debo Samuel to, you know, open up his season with an absolutely massive game. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. George Kittle also had a decent game. Uh, the 49ers ended up uh, winning 41 to 33. But against the Lions, you don't want to let up 33 points. I believe post-game interviews with some of the players, they were unhappy with how they closed that game out. But Debo Samuel is up there for a weekly top performance, so congrats to him. And then for my one running back, there were a couple of good performances. We had a lot, I believe it's Elijah Mitchell from the 49ers as well. He had a very good outing because Raheem Mostert is hurt again. <sighs> Drafting him in a lot of fantasy leagues, so I'm a little disappointed in that. But he is apparently made of glass and cannot stay healthy. He's out for eight weeks. Uh, we had Joe Mixon, who had a very solid day. We had some other guys who had really good days. But Christian McCaffrey, despite not getting a touchdown, had a massive day and a win over the Jets. He had 21 carries for 98 yards and 9 catches for 89 yards. Basically a total of 187 scrimmage yards. That is a wild way to start your season. So congratulations to Christian McCaffrey on making my weekly top performance list. Uh, so in total, we have Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston, Tyreek Kill, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey for our weekly top performers. This will be an every week thing, obviously. Uh, so I look forward to hopefully diversifying and seeing other players perform absolutely out of their mind. But we move on, and those are our weekly top performances. We are going to do a way too early season awards prediction. Now, I want to put out 
that this is not based off of the first week of football. This is based off of the, off of just as if I never watched the first week. Now, there's one person on here, potentially even two people, that you might be like, eh, it seems like, uh, even three people, it seems like, okay, I'm basing it off the first season. But I will say, I had these guys written down prior to the start of the season. But unfortunately, I could not record an episode last week. So let's just jump right into it. My first guy is Kyler Murray. Now, I know it might, like I said, you know, he had a great first week. It might seem like that. I'm saying that just because of that. That is not true. Many, many power rankings had the Cardinals somewhere between 15 to 25, and very, very few had them in the top 15. I found that to be a surprise because I think they had a very solid offseason. They got necessary players. Obviously, they picked up J.J. Watt, who could prove, you know, if he could stay healthy, a, a game changer. Chandler Jones is back. Uh, so, you know, their secondary is still not an impressive group, but it should suffice, uh, especially, you know, with a, such a lethal offense. Uh, they obviously add A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, who also had a great first week, two touchdowns, six catches, 83 yards. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about Kyler Murray. He's got the necessary weapons he needs. This team is fighting for a playoff spot in a very, very tight conference, let alone a tight division. They're dealing with the 49ers, who had a rough season last year, but got a lot of players back and are looking healthy. So that they're a team in the mix. The Rams, they're always in the mix. They acquired Matt Stafford. They still have an elite defense. Uh, Matt Stafford, huge upgrade over Jared Goff, as we all would uh, expect. And then you have the Seahawks, who, again, are always in contention, led by Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson on offense, and obviously Bobby Wagner on defense. So anything could really happen in that division. But I do think that if Kyler Murray continues to play like he did last year, and I guess because of how he played uh, in the beginning of this season, in his season opener against the Titans, I think that if he ends up getting a wild card spot or potentially even winning the division, I see no reason for him to not be an MVP candidate. He does it in the air. He does it on the ground. He's very versatile, as we all know. Uh, so again, just uh, my pick for MVP. And this is way too early. Obviously, anything can happen. Kyler Murray is my MVP. Offensive player of the year, I wanted to show love to a receiver. I didn't want to just go with a quarterback and say, okay, the MVP is probably going to be the offensive player of the year. That's just boring. Now, I could have been biased and said Alvin Kamara because I love Alvin Kamara, and he's a phenomenal player and had an amazing year last year. I could have said Christian McCaffrey because he is finally healthy, and we've, we've all seen what he's done before. But I went with a receiver who has had very very good recent well amazing recent seasons and now that there's a 17 game season we might see some records broken which I just previously mentioned so I have Tyreek Hill as my offensive player of the year uh you know for a small guy he catches a lot of touchdowns usually not big body touchdowns more so uh long like long yardage touchdowns but he just racks up catches and their yards after the catch are just absolutely insane he's so fast uh, so I wanted to show love to a receiver, not, not you know, uh, a run. I could have shown love to a running back. My picks, if they were had to be a running back, would be Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. You could also say Dalvin Cook. Uh, and a sleeper pick for this is actually Jonathan Taylor, but he had a rough, rough seat first game. So uh, I'll keep an eye on him. But I do have Tyreek Hill as my offensive player of the year. Now, defensive player of the year. I have 
a player who is in a much improved defense. Their sec- the run defense was fine. Pass rush was fine. Linebacker group was kind of meh, and their secondary was kind of meh. But they go out, they get the necessary players, and that is the Cleveland Browns, and I am taking Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is poised to have a an amazing year. He's been one of the more consistent edge rushers uh, in the past few seasons. We all know what Miles Garrett is capable capable of. He is a bulldozer. He's quick. He's fast. He's very, very athletic. Uh, obviously, we can recall the former controversy with Mason Rudolph and taking the helmet and smacking him in the head with it. Obviously, obviously something we don't want to see a player do because that's bad for character as a professional. But despite that, Miles Garrett is my defensive player of the year pick. Uh, I fully plan on. Uh, I can fully see him racking up sacks. Uh, you know, I keep talking about records being broken. You never know what can happen with the sacks record. We had Chandler Jones who dropped five sacks in the first game, three in the first quarter. Um, so, you know, he's already uh, more than a fifth of the way there. So we'll see what happens what happens with that. But I do have Miles Garrett because I think he's more than just a guy who gets sacks. It's the fact that he's constantly getting pressure, QB hits, is known to get a lot of strip sacks, etc. So that is why I have Miles Garrett. Then I have Offensive Rookie of the Year. We have many, many rookies, uh, mostly wide receivers. You know, there's Jamar Chase, there's Jalen Waddle, but I'm going with Devonta Smith. And I know that sounds crazy coming into the NFL. He was a stud in college, first of all. Let, let's not discredit him for what he did in college. And I know college is a completely, completely different atmosphere than the NFL. And you got some big bodies in the NFL, but... I, cho- I choose Devonta Smith because I always thought he was a great, great route runner. Uh, there's no denying that. He's always known to get separation. And despite his size, uh, I think he's a phenomenal player. He's coming from Alabama. We've seen a lot of recent Alabama wide receivers turn out to be very good. Uh, even prior to them, we have some old heads like Julio Jones, who's starting to decline, but he, you know, he's one of the greatest. So I'd like to think that trend would continue with Devonta Smith. Again, you know, former teammate Jalen Waddell is definitely up there too. Jamar Chase, he's up there as well. But I'm going with Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts with that quick connection. Uh, had a very solid first week. So, uh, you know, congrats to him. A first career touchdown. It's a big moment. But I'm going with Devonta Smith. All right, defensive rookie of the year. And now, please do not butcher me if I destroy this guy's last name. But I will try my best. Uh, another Browns player, when I talked about they needed, they had a weak linebacker core. And they go out and add one of the best linebackers in the entire NFL draft. I choose Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa. And I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his name. I, I'd, I'd like to think that's close enough. But this guy's going to rack up rack up uh, tackles all year. There's not many great linebackers in this draft class. Uh, I do like this guy. He was very, very good coming out of college. He was one of the highest-rated college play, uh, linebacker. I think he was the highest-rated college linebacker uh, in the draft class by PFF. Um, and I don't know if they had Michael Parsons in the same category linebacker because he played a different defense and he's more seen as a defensive end. I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation, but Michael Parsons is definitely up there for defensive rookie of the year. But I'm going with Jeremiah Wooster Koromora. Uh, he looks like a phenomenal player. He's young. He's fast. He, he's very, very good tackler. Uh, not one to miss many tackles and let guys run through him. Uh, so I'm taking him, and he could easily be the difference maker on a Browns team that, that made the playoffs last year and fell short and could very well make the playoffs again this year and not fall short. 
So we'll see with that. Comeback player of the year. Here comes the bias uh, comments. But I'm going with Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, he, he takes a seat behind Drew Brees. He doesn't play for a season. Uh, he's kind of kicked out of the Bucks stadium, Bucks franchise as a whole. He was former number one overall pick out of Florida State. Brady comes into Tampa Bay, takes his job. And the Saints sign him. And I think this was a great move. Uh, he's learning behind an offense that, that, like I said earlier, that's going to help him limit turnovers. Sean Payne is one of the, the best offensive minds in football. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly how to fix James Winston. And obviously that proved uh, to be true in week one. Now, obviously there's 16 more weeks to go, so we'll see. But he looked great. And, you know, this guy was a former number one overall pick. Obviously the talent's there. I think it's just more of a mental thing and a decision-making kind of thing because I always thought that the offense uh, in Tampa Bay was never truly right for him. He never looked entirely comfortable. Even though he put up 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns, it's just the turnovers that absolutely killed him in the end. But I do think Jameis Winston is poised to have a, a very solid year to say the least and I think is in a nice position to get comeback player of the year. So uh, that that's who I'm taking for comeback player of the year. If you want to throw the biased comments at me, go ahead. Uh, fantasy uh, player of the year. I wanted to go out of the realm of quarterbacks who might dominate. You know, the Josh Allens, the Pat Mahomes, the, the Tom Brady's, the Russell Wilson's, etc. Uh, and outside of the running backs, receivers, you know, the, the Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, all of them. I didn't want to pick any of them because I think this one guy, after seeing what he did last year, is a legitimate threat at a very very thin position and he is easily a league winner now you could say the same thing about Travis Kelsey but I do think that Darren Waller has a higher ceiling he is the number one target for Derek Carr over in Oakland or Las Vegas my bad not Oakland it's Las Vegas now I keep doing that um but he's the number one option and I'm not discrediting Travis Kelsey he's easily going to put up amazing stats this year but, you know, they spread the ball quite often. You know, they have people like Tyree Kill. Now, I know it's a high-octane offense with a lot of passing going on, you know, because Mahomes is the quarterback. But Darren Waller, especially after his first game, obviously he only had one touchdown. Travis Kelsey had two. Uh, but he goes over 100 yards in his first game, and he's just getting all the separation that he needs. He's getting tons of, tons of, tons of targets uh, nonstop throughout the game. He's just being fed, and that's what people like to see. He's essentially a receiver, just in the tight end spot. He's obviously, he's not a great blocking tight end, but he's a phenomenal pass catcher. And I do believe, based off his ADP, I know Travis Kelsey was mainly going first. Some people even liked George Kittle before Darren Waller, but Darren Waller was in the mix at two or three uh, for the top three tight ends. And he could very well finish as the tight end one. So uh, in terms of fantasy, I I'm taking him. As the fantasy player of the year, I think he could be an absolute difference maker for someone's team. Uh, so Darren Waller is my pick for that. And then coach of the year, uh, going back down to Arizona, I'm taking Cliff Kingsbury. Now, I know a lot of people might uh, disagree with this, uh, but it truly depends on, you know, how his season goes. I think this is this, if they're going to make the playoffs, you know, this is one of the first years to, to start kind of inching in. And I know Cliff Kingsbury's play calls sometimes can be a little bit wonky, can be a little bit weird. Uh, but I do think he, you know, given the weapons he has on offense and de defense, 
Uh, both very solid on both sides, obviously. Defense a little more lackluster, but the offense is, it is super fluid. I can see him leading this team to a very solid record somewhere in the 12 and 6, or 11 and 6, 12 and 5 range. And that for a team that kind of disappointed last year, if they make the playoffs this year and, and you know, are doing it in a fashionable way, I can very well see Cliff Kingsbury get the Coach of the Year award. So that's why I'm going with him. Uh, obviously, there's other options. Um, but it depends. A lot of the times, it's more of a sleeper team. It could be Ron Rivera. If the, if Washington ends up making the playoffs, it could be Joe Judge if the Giants end up making the playoffs. But we will see. But those are my way-too-early-season awards predictions. And we will be moving on to a little bit of fantasy football. I know I briefly talked about it with Darren Waller, but this is my shit first sit stardom of the season. Unfortunately, I couldn't bring you guys one. For the first week of the year, but I have a QB, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end, and I'm going to tell you why you should start them. I didn't want to go with, uh, I didn't want, I just chose people to start this week. I didn't see anyone who you should truly sit. I do have one uh, person that I think you should sit. Otherwise, uh, definitely start these guys. So quarterback, we got Joe Burrow at Chicago. Basically, they were torched by Stafford. The defense looked super lackluster. Uh, I wasn't a fan of how Chicago looked on the defensive side. So I do think Joe Burrow could be in for a big game after, you know, he had a solid game against Minnesota, but I definitely think that, you know, if he's your best option, go with him. Do not go with the matchups. I just think that him against Chicago could be a very good matchup. Uh, so start Joe Burrow. Then I have running back Melvin Gordon against Jacksonville, and I know this is going to sound crazy because, oh, Javonta Williams, uh, you know, he's getting more carries, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Melvin Gordon, outside of that 70-yard touchdown, didn't have a ton going on, but the Jacksonville defense allowed three total touchdowns to Texans RBs last week. There's absolutely no reason to not start Melvin Gordon. Or Javante Williams, one or the other. You could start either. But Jacksonville allowed three total touchdowns to Texans running backs. So start him or them. Does not matter. Wide receiver, I'm going with Mike Williams versus Dallas, not just because of Dallas defense. Can be lackluster at times. Trevon Diggs will probably be covering Keenan Allen. And then you'll have Mike Williams against Anthony Brown, who got demolished against the Bucks. First of all, it's going to be a potential shootout. So obviously, high-scoring games offer uh, a lot of yards to be got, to be uh, you know racked up. Uh, Mike Williams went eight for eighty-two yards and one touchdown on twelve targets last week against Washington, and Washington does have a decent defense. So definitely start him this week just based off the potential shootout, and because Dallas defense and Anthony Brown is not very good. And for my tight end, I have Rob Gronkowski versus Atlanta. Uh, now, people are, might be like, oh, well, Deion Jones is probably going to be shadowing him. That could very well be the case, but Rob Gronkowski is obviously going to get his targets. Last week, Atlanta allowed six catches for 76 yards and a touchdown versus Eagles tight ends. That is between Zacherts and Dallas Goddard. So it's very possible that Gronk continues his momentum from week one when he had eight catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns, I believe is what he had. Let me just double check. Yes, eight catches, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. I think he can keep that going in week two versus Atlanta. Atlanta, you know, could they're a mystery team because their offense is supposed to be good, but they didn't look very good. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. 
But those are my starts of the week. I'll go through it again. Joe Burrow, Melvin, Joe Burrow against Chicago, Melvin Gordon against Jacksonville, Mike Williams versus Dallas, and Rob Gronkowski versus Atlanta. Now for the last segment of the episode. Oh, it's been great to do this. Uh, I, I miss football a lot. I'm sure a lot of people do. So very, very glad that I am back and that hopefully people will enjoy this podcast. But I have my locked-in pick and my upset pick for week two. My locked-in pick will be Rams at Colts. I'm taking the Rams. The Rams have a lot to offer, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. My only question mark with the Rams is their run defense, which is comes to a surprise. David Montgomery shredded them last week. Uh, obviously, the, the Paris didn't do much in the air. But David Montgomery absolutely torched them on the ground. Uh, had over 100 yards, did score a touchdown. So, obviously, it's something to keep an eye on. But the Rams are just way too potent on offense. We, you know, with Stafford, even Henderson started getting cooking at the end of the game. If Cooper Cup, who had a fantastic outing, Robert Woods, always solid. Tyler Higby, a very solid tight end. Van Jefferson, starting to look like he could potentially break out. So, uh, my locked in for the week is the Rams at Colts. And then my upset, after getting an upset win this prior week and potentially the best game of the week, I have the Raiders beating the Steelers. Uh, The Raiders play at the Steelers. I have the Raiders winning. The Steelers against the Bills, which was a very tough test. The Steelers did win. Uh, The defense shut down the uh, Bills pretty, pretty well, and that's very hard to do with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen obviously leading the way. But I do think the Raiders can pull off an upset this week. I was looking at a lot of the matchups, and there's there's a couple of other upsets. But this one, I think, is the most realistic. We'll see if the Raiders can build off of what they started last week uh, with their uh, obvious upset win against the Ravens. So we will keep an eye on that. But those are my two picks of the week. Again, Rams at Colts taking the Rams. Raiders at Steelers taking the Raiders. That is it for the first episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I know I did. It's been a while, and I'm excited to talk about football all season long again. Fully brand, fully plan on bringing on guests like I did last year. I would like to continue the NFL Around the World segment. If you are somebody who watches this pod, or watches, <laughs> listens to this podcast, uh, and has not heard their team get discussed, I know I have done Vikings, Saints, Patriots, uh, and quite a few other teams. Washington football team, uh, I'm trying to think of other ones, can't really think of it right now. But if your team has not been talked about, feel free to contact me through my Twitter uh, at Down to Football, and you could potentially hop on as a guest host to talk about your respective team. Uh, again, hope you guys enjoyed. It's been a, it, it's been a long offseason. Glad I am back. And uh, just have one last question for you. Are you down to football?